Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Brian and Jim here with our first camera usage live power hour podcast. Last time yeah, it was just our, this shit. Yeah, last time it was just our voices over gameplay, which that audio just yeah, it wasn't as great as we liked. So this time we have separate audio. We got our mics in front of us. So you can see our faces now. So it's a little different. If you're watching us on Twitch, obviously you're not seeing our faces, but just head over to our YouTube channel in the next day or two and you'll see the full video. Um, yep. Twitch is as how you always, can be here. Oh, go ahead. Live James. with us. Sorry, sorry. Twitch is how you can be here interacting live. And Facebook, you can see the. Facebook, fuck me. YouTube, you can see the cleaner <laughs> audio and the video, actually, as you said. Jim, I'm trying to get all my shit together. Should we keep a counter that you're 0 and 1 right now? <laughs> 0 and 1? All right, fine. <laughs> we have to keep a count of your bullshits, too. That's fine. But now you have more bullshits than my bullshits. Oh, shit. Now I'm up. Shut up, Jim. Yeah, now you're up. See, that's all right. Doing. So we'll start off as we did the last time. Let's talk about what we're drinking. I'm actually going with a beer my good buddy Chris got me. Thanks, bud. It's from the Fremont Brewing uh, Brewing Company, I believe, from Seattle, and it's called the Dark Star Bourbon Barrel Aged Oatmeal Stout. It's a big son of a bitch. It smells goddamn delicious. As you can see from this glass, it's as dark as friggin' night. And stats. Oh, shit. It's 14.5% alcohol. I was not <laughs> expecting that. Um, obviously, if I start slurring my words and I'm playing real shittily, I'm just going to blame it on the booze. So what are you drinking, Jim? I am drinking the Shipyard Monkey Fist IPA. It is 6.9% alcohol by volume. It comes to us from Portland, Maine. And let's see. Yeah, it's an IPA doesn't really give me anything on the bottle to go off of so yeah it may or may not be skunk depending on how long i've had it in the fridge so this might turn out interesting for me and i have a backup beer in case i go through this and also i'm getting sick right now so if you hear me hacking away too bad yeah and i just took a few sips as you saw from my face camera people holy shit is this strong smooth as fuck very boozy and that Barrel age. Oh, oh, oh. I'm feeling it. So, all right. Well, we're going to get started playing. And just like last time, as we're playing, we're just going to be talking about our, our. We have a whole list of topics we want to get through today. We always start off with beer. So, tis the season for Thanksgiving. Uh, one of the big things I saw online over and over again was beer pairings for Thanksgiving. Oh, now, if of you follow, yeah. Now, if you follow our site, you know we pair beers with video games. That's kind of our little niche thing that we do. Um, but beer pairings with food has always been a thing. So, Jim, I mean, I guess my question is, do you actually practice drinking a specific type of beer with your dinners, and will you be doing it this Thanksgiving? Um, for the most part, I'd probably say no. I actually don't really <laughs> drink beer a lot when I eat, surprisingly enough. But uh, Thanksgiving, normally we go up to her, my wife's in-laws lately, and they'll give me a six-pack of something that I want. Last year, I did Mad Elf. No. I know I actually spent some money because I'm not paying for it. So last year, I got Mad Elf, and this year is to be determined. So now I'll see. But no, I'll probably go with something fancy. 
Yeah, so I kind of wanted to go over I, I a little amalgamation of a few lists I saw online touched in with my personal flair. Uh, some of the suggestions for what you should be drinking with Thanksgiving dinner. So starting off with the appetizers. Obviously, you want to go with something a little bit lighter. Uh, the biggest suggestions I saw over and over again was a Saison or something like a farmhouse or a session beer, which makes sense. You're having... Saisons are a little lighter. Yeah. If you eat salad or, you know, whatever your appetizers are, deviled eggs, celery with shit in them, whatever, you're obviously (laughs) not going to want to get so filled up before the main course. Um, (laughs) What I find funny about all these I have not heard a single appetizer I liked. Go on. Damn it, Jim. Just because your appetizers are probably like pickled penises doesn't mean you got to hate on some deviled eggs. No, it's probably like pizza or shit like that. <laughs> exactly. Or skeddies. <laughs> God damn it. It's not always spaghetti. <laughs> so then coming up for dinner, and this one I highly would agree with, if that's a word, is an Oktoberfest or a Marzen style. Now that's a little bit heavier, but a little heartier, and to go with like turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy... It's going to give you just enough flavor and, like, a good layer of malt to really, like, offset the the actual food. But I will warn, if you have more than, like, one or two, your dinner's going to make you feel a hell of a lot more full, a hell of a lot faster. I can definitely uh, see that. That's really adding to a hearty meal right there. So, basically, yeah. you don't even want to be awake until dessert with that kind of meal. Exactly. And then moving right on to dessert, there's two I kind of created, at least topic-wise, is beer you would actually drink with your desserts, which, you know, I'm assuming is going to be some type of, like, pie, pumpkin, blueberry, or whatever your family eats. But what usually makes the most sense with a, like, big dessert is going to be, like, a quad style or any type of Belgian Belgian strong. So, like, like Jim said, actually, a, a Mad Elf would work or, you know, any of the golden strong belgian ales because they're just going to be really hearty have a lot of alcohol and usually a lot of sugar to kind of get play off of whatever dessert you're eating if you don't want to actually eat dessert and you want to drink your dessert then you probably should be going with um a barley wine because those things are hearty as shit a lot of alcohol and a ton of flavor so it's an interesting little twist. Um, I mean, we know that a lot of our followers aren't exactly, ironically enough, the biggest beer drinkers. But, I mean, if you were someone who's starting to get into it, it's an interesting way to pair, pair it. Me and Jim, we're not fancy enough to like, oh, this beer goes nicely with a filet, with garlic mashed potato, you know, whatever the hell the case may be. We don't do that. We do recognize some beers pair better with other things. But it's just something to think about when you're... Eating the shit out of your turkey and I got an idea. Dinner. What's that? Oh shit! I'm gonna kill myself with a grenade. Uh, actually, what do you call it? You could do a play off the old sweet and sour kind of thing. So if you have a really sweet kind of dessert, maybe like a pie or a cake, try it with one of the uh, sour beers that are out there. Might be a nice little flavor dichotomy there. Aha! Big word. No, that's a legit point. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, anything else, Jim, on the pairing with Thanksgiving? Um, normally, like I said, it's something I don't normally do, but maybe this year I'll actually, you know, be a beer snobby kind of and throw that in there, see how it works out. I'll take, you know what, I'll take the advice of this enough, so I'll see how it works out. I'll <laughs> I do mean, a little what, research. Yeah, my my biggest suggestion would honestly actually just be, 
you don't want to drink anything too hoppy or like an IPA with your Oof. dinner. It's going to really screw up the like balance of the flavors you're drinking, you're eating. And you don't want to throw that off. Some people will argue and say you can have an IPA with any meal. I'm not of that belief. I think if something's too tardy or too hoppy, it is going to throw you off. Um, so, obviously, I'd say stay away from that. Stay away from any type of fruit or overly spiced beer during dinner. If you're having your dessert, go wild. So, you just go for something mild for your appetizers. Something a little more hearty for dinner. And then dessert, go crazy with the alcohol and the spice level. Uh, yeah, I'll say right now, if you're not a big hot person, this shipyard IPM drinking, whew, this will not be the yeah. beer for you. Hoppy, hoppy, <laughs> hoppy. Oh, Does it have the IBUs on that shit? Uh, I didn't see it, but... Oh, and I just got fucked up. No, I didn't see it yet, but if I come across it online, I'll definitely let people know. Okay. So now, the next thing is actually, it's a Q&A from Kit171. Kit, I know... Everybody on, on Twitter and YouTube, YouTube. If you're watching this, we always appreciate all your feedback, all your comments, and thank you for sending us the question. But his question was actually, what is the worst tasting beer we've ever had? Now, I know mine pretty much immediately, but Jim... I wonder if ours is going to be the same, actually. Okay, then I'll go first in case, and then I'll say you stole it. (laughs) You son of a bitch. All right, well, I'm actually going to... Because I know what you're going to say. Well, I'm breaking it down to two categories. Uh, All right. I'm saying, one, the beer with the least amount of flavor or taste, and that, without a doubt, was Yingling Light Beer. Not to be confused with Yingling Light, which actually isn't bad, but specifically... Yingling Lager, if you want to be technical about it. Yeah, the, well, you got to actually say beer after the fact, because the light lager is not bad. That's this one that's shit good, I'm saying the beer. Yeah. balls cheap, even for Yingling. We got the cans, I started drinking it, and I swear to God, it was slightly malty or hoppy flavored water. Um, I, I, I mean, I, we're not big haters. We might talk some shit sometimes, joking around. We don't hate on Coors and Miller Lite like a lot of other people do because we know what we're buying with that. But this shit made those beers seem like they had the most flavor in the world. So that's just no flavor. But worse tasting. Easily. I have to go with the Flying Dog Dead Rise. This beer. Ooh, really? Yes. Oh, absolutely. So this beer... Flying Dog, for those of you who don't know, I believe it's a Delaware-based brewery. Jim, you tell me if I'm right about that. I know Um, it's local to us, so I think you're on the right track. Yeah, so basically, it's a Delaware-based beer. They have some of the coolest label art you'll see on bottles. It's like a very unique style. Very, like, you know when you're drinking one of their beers. Um, They always try to experiment with some crazy flavors. And... And this particular beer, they decided, hey, let's add an IPA and the flavor of goddamn Old Bay seasoning. You know, to get that like, oh, crab that flavor. One. So oh, Jim I and I that. got this. And to exacerbate everything and make it a hell of a lot worse, we were doing a drinking game with it. So, yeah. Imagine one of the tardiest and like highest IBU beers you could taste. And then throw some goddamn salty-ass Old Bay seasoning, and you basically have this beer. 
There's two types of taste sensations that you should never mix, and that's salty and tarty, and that is all you get from that beer. Some people really like it. I guess they just really like the salt content or something, or the hoppiness, or they just fucking love crabs. Either way, it it turned me off, and I did not enjoy it at all. So, that's my pick. But, um, yeah, so, going back to what I said, Dead Rise, that's my pick, and that's why, and I know all tastes are subjective. Some people might love the shit out of it, and some people might think the worst-tasting beer in the world is anything too fruity or spicy, like, you know, spicy meaning, like, a pumpkin beer. But for me, that one, salty and hoppy is not a good combination. So, that's me. Yeah. I was going to uh, steal your thunder, and I knew Yingling beer was go- or light beer was going to be an automatic for probably both of us. So, hmm. You know what? I'll do... Who does the habanero sculpins? <laughs> That's Ballast Point. A Ballast very Point. big favorite of the West Coast. And you know what? I do like the other Ballast Point beers I've had, but that habanero sculpin? Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Jim, I, I have one question before you dive into that. Is it because you've always drank it in looser brews? <laughs> I have a little vendetta against it. I'm man enough to admit that. But go ahead. But, explain your I mean, story. I... All right. So <laughs> while Jim's getting his stuff reset, let me just tell you the quick story of the Ballast Point Habanero Sculpin for Jim. Now, I'll give a quick background for those of you who don't know. Ballast Point is... Like I said earlier, one of the most popular breweries on the West Coast. Their typical Sculpin IPA, their Grapefruit IPA, it's delicious. Um, However, they decided, let's add some habanero. And it's a common practice with a lot of beers to add habaneros or some type of spice. Jim was the unfortunate recipient of that beer, I believe, two or three times. And it was because we were playing our drinking games and we created loser brews, and I would always mix that sculpin with something like a stout or something nasty. So that's just a little quick background while Jim comes back. Uh, yeah, I'm back. How far did I get? Um, literally, I said, "Tell your story of the habanero sculpin," oh, and then you are out. <laughs> so, Jim, go ahead. I just gave the background of the beer and you know why you're drinking it, but let's explain to the folks why you don't like it. Basically, I don't think I'm a fan of that kind of habanero heat flavor mixed in with beers. Um, of beers that you can actually get, I would say it's one of the more available ones as far as a habanero beer goes. And if you don't like the heat, you're probably... It's not even the heat. It wasn't even that hot. It's just I don't think it's a good mix of just pure hop flavor with pure habanero. And they kind of smished it together without really giving it any kind of character, I'd say. Um it's not nearly as hot or as stringent as, say, Ghostface Killer is, because <laughs> good luck finding that anywhere anyway. But if you ever get your hands on that, I'd say definitely try it, but you'll probably regret it. So of something that's more that people will likely find and actually drink, I'd say the Habanero Sculpin. Okay. So, Kit, once again, thank you for the question. Uh, it's interesting because I those things probably came to Gemini's head right away, but it's yep. a good question. So, all right, Jim, now let's see, I'm going to try to invite you to a party or to the actual game. You know let's what? Keep if... me out of the games for now. I'll just try and not poke the bear. Cause it seems okay. like as soon as I went to the game last time, it cut out. Okay. 
So the next thing, the NES Classic Edition. It's mm-hmm. out now. Uh, I'm really going to try for us not to reiterate what everyone says. Give our own take on it. Let's get the obvious out of the way. Yes, we're completely aware of the scumbags who have bought it and are now selling it at triple the price. We're aware of a lot of its shortcomings, like the cord and this and that, but I just kind of, now that it's out, um, I want to just kind of pose a question. One, Jim, do you think this is something you would ever actually get, putting price aside? Like, if you could find it for its original $50 price or whatever it was, would you ever get it, um, and why would you get it? So, um. Yeah, uh, well, the original price is 60 and would I ever get it? Probably not, because I'm too much of like an actual cartridge and game collector that I almost have all the games included on it anyway, and if I wanted to get HD output from an NES, I would probably either pick up a Retron on my own or get the AVS system from Retro USB. So I would probably... I'm kind of the collector that would go way above that. I mean, it would be cool to have a little plug-and-play NES in another room of the house. But then again, in that case, I don't know if I'd ever use it. So for me, probably not. So would you be more willing to go to an EverDrive cart than that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm definitely on the same boat as Jim. I unfortunately purged my NES collection a long, long time ago. So I only have a small collection of actual cartridges. But if you watch our site, you know, yes, we do emulate. And I put myself in the category of player first, collector second. Jim's definitely the collector between the two of us. But uh, for me, it's just really about the playing. So it's not so much I don't need the physical cartridge or this or that. And that system, while it might be interesting and not a bad idea, I just kind of feel like it's useless because those are all games I've played in one way or another, probably beat at least most of them. So I don't really think I need it. And I'm not as hardcore of a Nintendo fanboy to say, just be able to say like, oh, I have a mini. Um, you know, my friends that do I do play video games with, if we really want to play Nintendo, we would use an actual Nintendo. Like, I'm not going to introduce people to Nintendo with that system. So... But yeah, that's kind of my two cents. I would never have gotten it. Um, if somebody gifted it to me, that'd probably be the only way I'd ever get that thing. Oh, yeah. It's definitely got, like, an audience out there, judging by oh, the demand uh, and how it's, like, one of the hottest things this Christmas. But, yeah, for gamers like you and I, and I'd probably say for a lot of YouTubers outside of just being able to make a video about it, we probably, none of us really need it. Yeah, I mean, hey, yeah, of course, it's a Nintendo product. We, I may give Nintendo a lot of shit, but fuckers know how to sell some product. They've never been accused of not being able to make money. I'll say that. So, yeah. Unless it's the Wii U. Oh, yeah. Jim, <laughs> wonder what's next. <laughs> or, shit, never mind. Switch. Fuck you, Jim. Do you mean, do you mean <laughs> shall we switch topics? Yeah. <laughs> God <Jim>. damn it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so anything else on that before we move on, Jambers? No, nah, I don't really think at this point, about a week or two out from its release, there's really much to say at this point. I will say mm-hmm. the fact, did you see that thing where apparently Walmarts are selling them online or at least some specific ones for like 500 bucks? No. And that like doesn't even, even sound real. It was like a Review Tech USA video on it, and I think it might have been oh, a one-off kind of place. That. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if that's true, then that's, that's pretty fucking scummy, too. I get supply and demand, but... And really, yeah, the people I, who are actually paying these prices for it, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean, You that's know just, it'll come out in another release. It's the same as when people, for whatever reason, I had a friend who did it, but who bought, like, Xboxes when they first came out and would buy multiples and sell them higher. Like, that shit's going to oh, be available eventually. Yeah. So, it's kind of like, what is the purpose? Um, and to Jim's point paying any more than 60 bucks for it like dude you could especially if you're talking like jim said if something is going for 500 you could get the actual nes and probably all those games for what like 150 200 depending on the condition of the cartridges yeah depending but no if you're gonna buy it off a scalper you might as well just buy an actual you can buy the avs which is 185 bucks and all the games and still probably pay less than what these resellers are charging so yeah and then you have a whole console yeah. And like I said, I mean, the the only other obvious thing I'll say that was a big miss and every major YouTuber who's talked about it said the it, it was clearly unless they do something different. The fact that they don't allow for any type of expansion, it's just part of a money grab. That's all it is. Oh, you yeah. can call it that they didn't need to do it. Of course, they don't need to do it. But that to me is just should have been easy fan service for something that was, you know, kind of gimmicky to begin with. But. That's my own personal gripe with it. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's a plug-and-play system all the way. And yeah. it just leaves them open to be able to sell out Edition 2s or Edition 3s. You know, gouging people more. Nintendo's already yeah. good about making people repay for games they've already bought again and again. So, Of course. So, Yeah, yeah that's okay. my two cents. All right. So the next topic is something I was thinking of. Um and it's not an original idea by any means. But uh, I want to talk about games that should become movies in our eyes. Now, we do know the stigma of video game movies usually sucking a dick. And they're terrible. But from our own personal opinion, what are some games? Um, we don't have to go into the big reasons why. Maybe describe a little bit of something we'd like to see out of them. So to give an example... Just four quick titles, not going to really dig into them, but like Skyrim. To me, that would be an easy movie series or some type of show, and you could literally go through, you know, the war between the two major factions as just one movie all by itself. You could go, there's so many just areas you could go with that movie, and I think like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones style, there's clearly a market for that style in the movie realm. You just need solid writing. Um, the next, and this has obviously been a move, like a potential movie or like they've been trying to make it into a movie forever, but Halo, and it's an obvious reason why, so I'm not going to really dig anymore, but it would be awesome. I think it's already had animated videos too. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm only talking live action here. All right. Uh, and then the last one I'll really mention is going to be Fallout. Like that on the same exact lines as Skyrim. You could choose either any Fallout or just kind of do a broad sweeping across the nation story or pick a city to city story and tell it, you know, however you need to. You clearly don't even need to follow the games. If you just have some well done written, I would love to see a live action movie set in that universe because that it's just it's it's just an awesome story that would beg to be told. So those are my picks. Nah, those are actually pretty good picks. I'm um, looking over at my game collection right now. 
You know what really stands out of me, and it kind of sucks that it never got made before, but maybe it's good, it's a possibility now, would actually be Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. Because there was a shitload of hype around that when that was first, what was that, back in 96, I think, when the book came out? And then it had the toy line, the games, all that crap. And since they're doing all these offshoot stories now in the new Star Wars Expanded Universe, I think it's a perfect time to have another in-between story like that. Um, even though having Han and Luke could be a little rough. And aren't there also enough Star Wars movies at this point, Jim? No, Bri. No, there aren't. <laughs> Actually, to okay. be fair, Episode 7 I was kind of meh on, but better than the prequels. Um, okay. Let's see. What's another one? Actually, I think like even a, almost a Streets of Rage kind of movie, just it could be as Got basic it. as can be. Hey, <laughs> hear me out. The team okay. of people fighting a corrupt city. It's, I mean, it could be a good popcorn summer blockbuster kind of movie. I don't think, or, I mean, if you got the right director, you could probably make something real gritty out of it, but it can really lend itself to go either way, I think. It's not like you have to worry about the story of the games, and if you leave three out, you don't have to worry about robots. So, there you go. Jim, I, I am actually shocked and amazed you didn't say Shadowrun. Of all the games you could have picked with interesting universes... But then again, I guess so that's kind of like Blade Runner, so. Yeah, I mean, it was heavily influenced by Blade Runner, but I'd be fine with yeah. the Shadowrun movie. Okay. So, yeah, um, that's a segue, but, you know, obviously for the purposes of YouTube, that's going to be its own little section right now. But uh, if you guys do have any other interesting suggestions or if we open your eyes to an interesting potential, let us know. So... As I just said, that is a perfect segue into almost the mirror opposite. Movies that should become games. Now, <laughs> making this list, Jim and I both had a list of, of movies that should become games. That was just like, we'd like to see a better game of X, Y, and Z. So I really thought about it, and I actually came up with at least two that I know are not video games. So just hear me out. The first one... You basically take any Quentin Tarantino movie and turn it into a Telltale game. If you know Telltale games, they're just narrative-driven games, you know, where you make a decision and you just kind of watch a movie. You take that and apply it to, you could literally name anything. Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Django Unchained, Inglorious Bastards. It doesn't matter. It could easily lend itself, and if they actually manage to get Quentin Tarantino, like, on the writing team for that... Oh, it would be friggin' awesome. So, that was my first idea. Um, my second idea, and this is a little more obscure, so you're gonna have to stick with me on this. The movie American Psycho with Patrick Bateman. If you could somehow kind of combine the elements of the Hitman series and Eternal Darkness, for those of you unaware of Eternal Darkness, you have this, like, sanity meter... That basically you go crazier and crazier, kind of like Patrick Bateman does. And basically the only way to lower that urge is to kill people. And if you don't, you go on a killing spree and you get your likelihoods of getting caught increasing. Crazy idea, I know, but that's some shit I would play. Not bad. All right. I've got, I've got two, I'd say. Now, one, you already kind of pointed out that there are games already, but my God first one was going to be The Running Man. And... I know you told me that, I guess, whenever, like, the Amiga had the most famous version. I'm talking North America here. We really didn't get it. So, I'd love to see a modern, you know, 
almost Smash TV mixed with I don't know what. <laughs> you want to want a more modern style game like a I'm trying to think like you know in terms of like you know like the new Tomb Raider style or like a GTA or even like an open world FPS. You you would want to get a classic style for that. Like I'd an overheader. I I want it more in like a today's kind of graphical and you know audio sense, but I'd almost prefer like a stage by stage, almost boss rush, complete boss rush kind of game, with different areas and different strengths and weaknesses to go against each one of them. So almost kind of like you know choosing weapons and say a Mega Man game, but in a more boss rush kind of style and more you know in a three D environment. Or if someone wanted to make it in a even. Actually, if you want to make a Mega Man game kind of like that, then there you go. But I also want to do one of my favorite movies of all time is Falling Down. So that's the huh. game I think you could really do a good, what do you call it, a really good GTA-style game with that. And I would actually like to see it from both main characters' perspectives. So you have it from defense trying to get to his daughter, but the cops are in his way, and he's going through all of his craziness, while the detective's trying to track him down and stop him from you know hurting more people. So I think you could get two really fleshed-out stories out of that and really expand and make it even more ridiculous than it already is. Yeah, I think that could actually be a very realistic GTA mod. Also could be a mod, yep. And yeah, because, I mean, that, <laughs> that definitely lends itself to that. But, yeah, before we leave this topic, I mean, to Jim's point, um, when I talked about games that already existed, my first two games I put down were Underworld, which only had a European game release, which apparently that game kind of sucked. I've never played it. I've only seen some limited footage of it. But that's an obvious movie for me, or a movie for me that should be a game. Makes sense. Um, And then the other one is actually escaping me right now. So I'm just going to say I forget. (laughs) Yeah, I just missed the last few minutes because my controller turned off because I wasn't using it. Oh, alrighty. So I didn't hear what you just said. (laughs) Haha. Well, with that, I think that's, uh, Jim, do you got anything else to add to that topic before we drop off of it? Nah, I don't have anything for that right now, but I think we actually came up with some pretty good bullshit. Yeah, I mean, and just be aware, people who are listening, my suggestion for American Psycho, I do have a little bit of a deranged mind, so you don't got to point it out. (laughs) All right, so the next topic, and I'll let Jim explain it, but... Now we're segueing into our which is better. So, Jim, you came up with this one. You you explain your thinking behind it. All right. So a lot of the time when we do our which is better, we've been doing soundtracks for the most part. So I want to switch it up a little. And I want to say, what do you guys out there think is the better sequel? So we'll keep it with some of the all-time classics here. And I chose Super Mario Brothers 2 versus... Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Two very different games. Two games that took crazy different approaches to a sequel from their previous titles. And, oh, for clarification, the North American Sonic 2. Or Mario 2. And, yeah. Do you really like the direction that this took by being completely different? Or are you more of a guy who liked the refined nature of Sonic 2? So, Bri, you want to go first? Um... It was interesting when Jim posed this to me because I thought it was almost a joke. Uh, I played both many times. I like both. But to me, the obvious answer is Sonic 2. Uh, it's 
arguably a better game than Sonic 1, depending on how you feel about the series. Not taking anything away from Sonic 1, it just improved on some of the things. That's The multiplayer, I'm not going to get into the fact that, yeah, there's slowdown, there's some issues with it, but I just think it's a better game. Whereas Mario 2, uh, it was still kind of classic Mario, but it always had that different feel, and it just, I don't know, for me... I still prefer Mario 1 over Mario 2 is what I'm getting at. So from a sequel standpoint, I would definitely have to go with Sonic 2. Um, it's just the feel of the game and what was improved over the previous title to me. All That's what it all boils down to. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I actually think for me, I might actually go with Mario 2. Um, just because actually Mario is it because of Birdo? I do like Birdo. I do like Birdo, but it's actually just because it's one of my favorite Mario games in general. And yes, I know it's Doki Doki Panic, but I don't know. I just like the tweaks they made to it. I like the different game style. I kind of wish it kept the grabbing and the, you know, jumping on head option, but, you know, different game, obviously. I just really you just like, like jumping design. on eggs. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> I like jumping on eggs. Maybe I do that in my real life. Who's to say? You're not. Go fuck yourself. You're not jumping on no eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not jumping in general. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I love the level design. I love the music. And while Sonic 2, don't get me wrong, great game. It's, like you said, it's more the same but just better where this is so different. So, I guess for my personal taste, I am going with the out-of-left-field craziness that's this. Definitely a game that doesn't yeah. get enough love. Um, yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree. That game gets hated on kind of unfairly. Uh, it suffers from the same problem of like, you know, Legend of Zelda 2, love it or hate it because right. of how drastically different it was. Um, no, but I actually think for once, Jim, in this discussion, people are going to side with you. <laughs> no, I think they're going to side with you. <laughs> just, just because they always side with just you, cause I'm, Just because I'm batting a thousand, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it is a good top. It is a good question, um, and it gets, I guess, a little more serious. Obviously, the thing we try to ask is take nostalgia out of your answer. Like, try and think, like, which one is an actual better game? Because if you stack nostalgic games against anything, nostalgia is going to win every time. So oh, yeah. if you've actually played both and you can justifiably say, like, why one is better, uh, we'd love to hear your opinion about it. So Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to really go in the left field, you'd say, uh, what's a fucking classic platformer? You'd be like Mr. Gimmick vs. Uncharted and try to make that argument, but that's, that's mean, just a little too crazy for old vs. new. Jim, or do you mean kind of like when I was yelling at you because of your love of uh, uh, what the Portal, and I said, which what? is better, Portal's that or game. Skyrim? You mean that kind of comparison? That's that's a weird comparison. Two completely different yeah. games. Doesn't count. Yeah. But that's but I mean that's honestly the reason why I wanted to start doing these which is better is for the simple reason. I wanted to do crazy. Like some of the soundtracks we've done, we've tried to keep it at least comparable, but right. we keep them different enough. Um just like, you know, Doom versus Streets of Rage. Mm -hmm. Uh in the future you're going to we are eventually going to do some really crazy which is better actual video games. And it might be a comparison of two completely different genres, but we're just going to see how things stack up. Yeah, and so if you guys, that, once again, have suggestions, 
please give us uh, which is better ideas. We don't care what it sure. is. If it's beer, if it's games, let us know. Yeah, no, absolutely. We we appreciate any feedback, and I obviously uh, we're always willing to answer a question, no matter what you write or what you talk about. Oh yeah. Um. All right. So next up, it looks like we have our other kind of ongoing topic, which is overrated, underrated. This Thank was once Bill again Burr. submitted. <laughs> this was once again submitted to us by Kit One Seven One. Thank you for the topic. Uh, and it's an interest. It's a very, very interesting one. And I know we use the term "interesting" way too much, but he wants to know if we think the Game Gear is overrated or underrated. Which is, um, uh, I guess I'll let. I guess I'll just try and weigh in because I don't have a huge opinion on it. I did play Game Gear as a kid. Um, Jim actually has one now. Uh, yep. I was always envious of kids who had a Game Gear. I had the old school Game Boy, and I loved the shit out of that. I had plenty of games for it, all the great games. So it's not like I was missing out in the handheld world, but just seeing a handheld with color was like, oh shit, that, that's awesome. Now, I know there was at least two other color handheld consoles, and it's slipping my mind what they were, but let's face Yeah, and there was one other, but nobody had that if you had a color handheld back in that time it was the game gear now getting the obvious out of the way we know the battery battery life was a friggin joke but yep that was the, the games were all fairly solid at least the handful i played from my friends i remember thinking like this feels more like playing an actual 8-bit or 16-bit game on the go Versus the Game Boy, which definitely just felt like a simplistic, much more simplistic game on the go. So, I would actually go with underrated. I don't think anyone talks about it enough to say it's overrated. And I never hear people singing its praises that much. Then again, I don't really float in the Sega fanboy universe that much. I don't know if it's like a hot commodity that everyone needs to have. But for me, I think it's underrated. It was put in a tough spot of coming after the Game Boy and then all the great handhelds that came after it. So it did its job, and it kind of helped evolve all the other handhelds by upping the ante with actual color. So that's my two cents. Yeah, I'm definitely going with underrated as well. Um, I remember as a kid... Sega family. Hey, 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 hey. All right, besides that one... (laughs) Um, I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't grow up with either a uh, Game Boy or a Game Gear. I had a piece of crap Boscov's, like, 70 games in one kind of blocky bit LCD game system. It was just, it was awful. But Jim, you aside, did have the Tiger, yeah, the Tigers games. No, they, they, they cost too much, Brian. The Tigers cost too much. <laughs> but Go the, on. um, yeah. But when I was over at a friend's house, I mean, I loved picking up either one of them and playing, but I always kind of went towards the Game Gear more, I guess mainly because it wasn't my batteries I was using. But, I mean, like you said, the color, the backlit screen, it just it popped so much more. And the fact that it's basically a master system on the go, which is it's kind of impressive with just how much the games could be good ports of actual console-based games. So you'd have the Streets of Rage port. You'd have the original Sonic games, which are, for the most part, excellent. You had surprisingly good licensed games. Like, I remember loving 
the ports of like X-Men or Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, those beat-em-ups, those were pretty good games. Um, we reviewed the Superman game for it, which was better than the Genesis game. It's just, I think there's a library there that's, one, it's not really sought after, so it's cheap to collect for it for the most part. And the games are quality. And even had, back in the day, the old attachment to watch TV on it. And you had another attachment where you could put Master System games directly into it, and it would play them. So it's bulky as shit. It was not a great, you know, portable on-the-go system. And the battery we already talked about. So there's the obvious reasons why it didn't do as well. But I think in today's day and age, it's definitely a console that's worth looking at more than it is. Even though it breaks down easy as shit. Yeah, I can see I mean, that. Mine's pretty no much problem. bricked. Mine's pretty much bricked at this point. I have to basically get a new one. Okay. But yeah, underrated. Yeah. So, I mean, I like I said, I would actually be shocked. I don't... I think to Gemini's point, I don't think this is... That's one of those systems that people, like, you know, freak out about so much and talks its praises. I think when people do talk about it, it's kind of just a forgotten relic that's like... Yeah, that was cool, but the battery sucked, so it was useless. You know, something to that effect. They they look at the shortcomings, but if you look at the system, it was pretty solid. Yep, definitely. Uh-huh. And I really wish that Sega had a, um, or the Genesis had a Game Boy player, like the device that it never had, so you could just plug yeah. Game Gear games into it. Oh, well. All right. Well, once again, Kit, you know, we uh, we love that you submit questions to us and Thank keep you, those coming. All right, so we are actually coming down to the wire. Uh, the n- the next topic um, that I kind of wanted to bring up is we are getting back on track with our reviews in the month of December. November was a little bit of a catch-up on our own personal shit month. There was a, just a lot going on. We trying to do a little more work on our actual site. So it was just a little crazy. But in December, um, we do have... A semi-interesting topic. Um, Jim and I, we get, we try to play as many new games as possible. Obviously, we're not professional reviewers, so we don't get every new game. Um, and we just play the ones that interest us the most. Not all of them are quality, but what we wanted to kind of review and present to you guys is our list of games we played this year in 2016. Um, and give you what we do best is our honest opinion. We're going to tell you if a game really sucks. Uh, some of the major titles I can kind of spout off are going to be things like No Man's Sky, which got panned like shit. You know, Call of Duty, what I'm playing right now. Uh, what were some of the other major ones, Jim? Uh, we'll be looking at Far Cry Primal. We'll be looking yep. at another really controversial game from this year in Mighty Number no. 9. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for a site like ours, and especially since we have full-time jobs, and like we said, we're not full-time reviewers. So we have to really take time out of our day to get to newer games that we want to play. So we picked and choose these. It's stuff that we have had a chance to play. And we wanted to keep it to 2016 games because we've dabbled in games from earlier. But unfortunately, those don't count. For Yeah, Jim and I both had some favorites this year that we would love to talk about that we finally got to like he finally got to start playing rocket league and i played uh until dawn which is amazing but not 2016 games so it's something it's a tradition we're gonna keep 
And, you know, it's just going to be what we always do. It's our honest opinion. You know, you might be surprised by some of our scores, but I think one thing we always try and do is stay fair, and we leave a lot of the outside hype alone when we think about reviewing games. So keep that in mind when you see our reviews in December. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll definitely address it, but we typically don't kickstart or crowdfund games, so we don't really have that kind of connection to it. We'll be looking at it just as a game. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's what's coming up in December. Obviously, we're going to we're going to keep the the power hour live and this will also serve as the breakdown of all of our little um podcast videos. Not to say we won't do single one-offs if something comes to our mind, but these podcasts broken up into smaller sections will just ensure that we have more and more videos out, you know, every as many days of the week as we can. Um, and it just allows us to really express our opinions more with you guys. Because otherwise, if Jim and I have to meet up and do the video, we might not be able to get as many topics as we do this style. So if you have any topics, we can't stress enough. Um, send us something on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, email. doesn't matter. All the links are obviously below in our channel name. But yeah, so... I think we do still have a little bit of time left, so let's uh, let's do a roundup with the beer and how it's treating you so far, Jim. All right. Um, this beer, definitely at first it had a really strong hop kick to it. Um, as I went through it, it stayed hoppy. Surprisingly enough, doesn't have that much of an aftertaste. Maybe it's because I'm sick right now, too, which isn't helping, but... It's, you know, it leaves a little bit of a hoppy film in the back of the throat, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really stick around that long. And the bitterness, I guess, dissipates the warmer it gets. So maybe it's a little harsher cold or it's skunked, which could be a real possibility. But yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. I'd say get, I'd say get one of them. Like if you can get, you know, make your own sixer, I'd say try at least one before you dive in just to make sure it's for you. Because, I mean, if you like hops, this will be a beer for you. But if not, yeah, I'd say be a little careful. At least in PA now, you can just get a sixer instead of a whole case. Yeah, I know. And if you <laughs> want to see us talk about that more, you can check out our first episode of the Power Hour podcast on YouTube. And... Oh, shameless plug. <laughs> uh? Yeah, and, and obviously, if you did watch our first video, we appreciate it. And, and you noticed we went over a lot of similar topics like today. Unfortunately, I couldn't in good faith try and break that video down because the audio just had you know call of duty gunfire over us talking and it would have just made for really shitty videos and i'm not willing to just post some shit out there just to get the content out if it sounds like shit i'm not gonna post it so that's just why if you didn't see the singular video where we talked about which is better between moonwalker and donkey kong country soundtrack you gotta unfortunately go into the power hour video and watch the whole thing yeah, we actually had a good talk about that, too. So, it's worth checking out. Yeah, and we're like I said, we're always willing to talk about any topic. I think the things, though, we will guaranteedly not talk about is any of the bullshit drama, any YouTube news. If it's not related to gaming or beer, chances are we're really not going to touch on it unless someone really, really wants to get our opinion. We're not shy about our opinions. It's just that type of shit we tend to leave out. Yeah, we tend to leave it out, but, I mean, if we're hearing for content and it comes up as a Q&A, eh, what are you going to do? Sometimes you got to do some stuff. Well, Jim, Sometimes it doesn't matter. Your pride. 
Because whatever we talk about, people are just going to agree with me. <laughs> I don't Jim, even know why I show. I, I don't even know why I'm here. Jim, I might just have to consider myself the people's champ. <laughs> are, are you seething right now? I will never acknowledge. Oh, yeah, you, you'll you'll see me shaking my head on the video clip when you go to edit this shit Jim, together. Jim, you just need to accept that I'm the people's champ. No. Jim, just accept it. No, never. <laughs> but uh, yeah, guys, um, we have obviously also as a it's not a spoiler. It's just giving a heads up for the next year. We have a theme for every single month. And as each previous month comes to a close and one of the power hours will describe what's coming. Some of them are uh, old favorites style themes, I'll say, but some of them are new. So that just should give you an interesting idea. Let's just say there's been a lot of suggestions for certain games people have wanted to see from us. And over the next year, we're definitely going to be, yeah, we're going to be hitting it up. So So anything else you want to say before we uh, close this out, Chambers? Um, Nah, not too much. I guess I'd say if you guys have more viewer requests, more questions, and as we said, overrated, underrated, which is better, blah, 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 blah. Let us know in the comments. Hit us up on Twitter, add a beer in a game. Hit us up on Facebook or on Instagram or all that other shit. Last and thing I'll say, I just realized I never actually talked about how my beer is treating me. Um, oh, yeah, dick. Which is indicative of the fact that this is a strong son of a bitch. Uh, this beer easily poured me two full glasses. And you see the size of this glass, so I'm almost done the second glass. It's strong as shit. It's hitting me fairly fast, but it's not It's not the type of hitting you where it feels like it's hindering you. It just tastes so damn good. It warms your whole body really well, and the booziness goes away, really gives way to that typical stout, kind of creamy, chocolatey flavor. And for any of you who've tried oatmeal stouts, you know they tend to be of the more malty variety versus the coffee flavor that you're going to get from like an Imperial Russian or any other type of double stout. So this is a damn delicious, delicious beer. I don't know if you can get it on the East coast. Cause once again, my friend got it to me cause since he's from Seattle. Um, but if you can get your hands on it, it's worth a, a try. So with that, we're going to close it out. Thank you guys for watching on Twitch. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for sticking through. And cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.